Thank you, everyone, for joining today's episode of the QAD Customer Podcast. Today, I have Jamie with me from Resco Products. Very excited to um, go through a couple of the different areas of his role at Resco, as well as his history uh, using various ERPs, especially QAD, and talk a little bit about the best practices that he has gleaned um, on his role at Resco there. So to get us started, Jamie, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a quick background on yourself, sharing a little bit about your history. I've uh, been at Resco for seven years now. I'm Canadian. They came and uh, sought me out and transferred me over. Um, so I relocated here back in 2013. I've been a business analyst for about 20 years. Started out in a stock room moved on to production planning and manufacturing and then moved on to master scheduling and as master scheduler that's when i was uh, integrated with all facets of the company so i learned the business from a from a business point of view rather than a role specific point of view and after that uh the business analyst role just kind of rolled out from there okay Okay, great. So what, tell me a little bit about the, the master scheduler role. Were you like, I know Resco has got a variety of products and divisions there. Were you um, kind of across multiple divisions and products or are you kind of dedicated to a specific line? Well, actually, my master scheduling role, I worked it was in Canada and I was in the telecommunications company. And, that, and, we, and we had QAD as well. Um, I came over to Resco as a business analyst. Master scheduling skills, I guess, were um, they were honed back in Montreal working for a company called SR Telecom. They're now defunct with the the crash of the telecommunication world back in around 2000. Um, I, I did the master scheduling for the entire company, so we had four or five product lines. I would uh, take the forecast and convert it into a the master production schedule um, would be new product introduction, sales forecasts, engineering, all of the facets of the company coming in to make the decisions on what was going to go into the master production schedule. And that's how I became more rounded as a business analyst. Right. Okay. Great. Um, so tell me about kind of the day-to-day, what the day-to-day looks like as a business analyst now here at Resco. At Resco, we've got a, a little... Our, our uh, department is very, very small. There's just, well, just three of us right now. So we have our, uh, our network engineer, we have uh, a desktop support, and we have me, business analyst, supporting, supporting QAD. So I'm handling the day-to-day. Um, we glitches with the system, people locking up their records, obviously. that That's just, we are involved in a highly customized version of QAD, partly because we're running an older version. So I was brought in to try to bring us back to vanilla. So uh, a lot of that is uh, what I'm currently doing. Upgrading systems. We recently upgraded our uh, our printer software, which was archaic and just about to crash. So we, uh, we partnered with Minisoft on that, the Greenforms uh, product. Um, again, lots of customizations in the system. Uh, every day I'm learning things I don't even know. I'll get a call from one of the users saying this particular aspect of the software is not working. I've never heard of that aspect of the software. So I I have to do a deep dive to find out what was, uh, what was the original intention and what we can do now out of the box. Okay. 
Okay. So the, so kind of the, the goals then are, are really to leverage the tools that you have in a little bit more of a vanilla manner, like you mentioned. So what makes that kind of important? I know, you know, especially coming from a master scheduler point of view, you're kind of integrating various components of a business. Um, why do you think it's important to, you know, not be highly customized? Because at one point in the software world, that was a uh, kind of the gold standard. You know, you you customize it and that might be even a differentiator, you know, for a, for a business um, that's able to, you know, have something a little bit more proprietary, I guess. But what, what do you think is the value around, you know, keeping things somewhat vanilla? Uh, biggest value I can see right now is we're unable to upgrade if we were running vanilla QAD, right? We could uh, we could get the latest version. Currently we're running EB2 and standard edition 2011. There are certain customizations in the EB2 that won't run on the standard edition, right? Um, that being said, looking to upgrade to get, so we can start using all the new features that QAD is offering, um, they just, they just wouldn't work. Now we have customizations in there that QAD has addressed. We no longer need a customization, right? But again, we have to get the working back to vanilla before we can just transfer over. Right. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So it's a little bit more about the the agility to kind of adapt and leverage the tools that are available, um, you know, for the business there. Uh, absolutely. We've, we've uh, painted ourselves in a corner right now and I'm trying to back us up. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, you know, you mentioned e-forms there um, and, and there's there's a variety uh, probably of, of products that um, you either interface with or, or you know, ha use alongside. So I like to call that kind of the playlist of solutions. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was thinking about kind of going down the rabbit hole a little bit about what it looks like to have various products obviously you know you got your main system there as an ERP what does it look like to have you know a, a playlist of products and and how have you seen that leveraged well even outside of your current role how have you seen that leveraged well and and how would people should people think about you know using various products that maybe are outside of their ERP that you know on how, how to leverage those tools yeah it's kind of a double-edged sword um we have other products that are bolt on because we're running such an older version of QAD. So, right, it's, it's not available in uh, in EB2, so we branch it to a third party. Um, there are certainly things that are available today in their dashboards that we're using third party for. On the other side of that, you get into the jack of all trades, master of none. So QAD is trying to cover everything. There's obviously going to be Experts in the world that are going to, they're going to be focused, for instance, on logistics, or they're going to be focused on uh, sales, for instance, we, uh, we interface with Salesforce, um, the printing software, like we mentioned with eForms. So for certain things, uh, I'm not crazy about it. I like to have everything working from the system if the system has the capabilities. But again, you can leverage the expertise from uh, role-specific companies it much better as a third party. Okay. And then as a, so your side, as a business analyst, how, what's important in evaluating, 
um, you know, those, because there, there could be, for instance, a really great platform that's really great for SAP or really great for Oracle or something or Epicor. Um, and the integration is there. What, how, how would you think about, or what's important in evaluating, um, kind of the variety of solutions, uh, and, and how do you think about that, them in, in kind of interplay with your ERP there? Well, in the keep it simple, stupid technique, one of the first things I would look with a third party is finding out, have they integrated with QED in the past? Does this have a, do we have a roadmap or we're building this up from the bottom? It's been an issue when we haven't dealt with, uh, when we've dealt with companies, excuse me, rather, that haven't dealt with QED because they don't have an interface, yet other ones that have worked with QED, the roadmap is there, it's a much quicker uh implementation so um and and maybe you know since um there you have a variety of of roles there in different companies that you know you've leveraged qad in the past i'm thinking maybe maybe we could share an example of of one of your previous roles not you know currently at resco maybe as a master scheduler do you have any um like specific examples maybe at that telecom firm of um you know maybe some best practices that you saw you know leveraging qad you know for what it was used for and then maybe some areas where it was like hey you know if i could have gone back and maybe done this a little differently i probably would have <laughs> well actually one of the things that we had implemented back in my patient days we had some repetitive uh, some repetitive business so we implemented the uh, advanced repetitive module using uh, Rather than having to open up the work order every time you were going to do something, you just basically captured your work over the uh, over the month. You had a cumulative work order that was uh, basically it captured all. As I said, sorry, <laughs> uh, it captured everything that you did during the month. And we have a lot of repetitive products at uh, QAD. Um, we do not have the um, advanced repetitive module, but I'm looking at that. For our current version, because we were able to leverage it back in back in the '90s uh, at SR Telecom, and we have an opportunity at Resco. Uh, one plant, all they do is roll out basically two products right, in high volume, and we have these work orders that are open. We have build changes that are really, really hard to man uh, to manage. Where I think um, the advanced repetitive would be a really good option for this. We take a little bit of the mass producing these two products so so the current process now is kind of focused around work orders and the the goal would be to kind of leverage the expertise that you used back in the day in the back in the 90s i'm not dating you at all <laughs> um to 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 bring you know your current system up to speed so what are maybe um somebody who's evaluating that you know so you mentioned operating at a, at a larger scale and maybe doing a larger volume might be one way to think about that. What are some other areas that you would recommend kind of looking at, um, you know, that, that process? Um, what are some of the indicators that would be, you know, important to kind of drive you to look at that process again for someone else, you know, trying to think about what the listeners might value here is, um, you know, what, what would drive them to potentially leverage that? If you're we're referring to the advanced repetitive, I would say uh, 
a high volume, low product mix. Um, you're constantly building out end items that are need your work orders to be able to produce them. But in the case of, uh, again, this one plant we have, we produce two items, right? It's, it's uh, continuous, right? So that is the, I think it's a perfect candidate for the advanced repair. Lots of discrete little work orders uh, for different uh, for different end items that I don't find it to be a candidate. Yeah, that's great. Um, so tell me about the on the so we t- we talked a little bit about on the manufacturing side in the master scheduling. How about like the purchasing accounting? How did how did you see um, you know QAD leveraged well or poorly there on your multiple um, you know. Uh, I guess firms that you've that experiences that you've had there. What are some of the areas that you know you would recommend people consider, um, or some best practices in those areas? Uh, from a purchasing standpoint, we had EDI um, set up with our suppliers that we would we would send out our purchase requirements on Monday morning. Right, they would come back with their quotes vetted by Wednesday. Um, it was a really, really good system as back in the, uh, the SR Telecom days. It was pretty world-class and, hell, I was the master scheduler. So we made sure that the plan that went in on, on Sunday night, that's one of the problems with the high speed uh, of EDI is, you know, garbage in, garbage out. So you might find yourself another million dollars of inventory that you didn't really need because you didn't want what you were doing. That being said, if you have tight, tight gates around what you're doing and you have confidence in your plan. Uh, that was one way we were able to leverage QAD with using EDI. It took a lot of, you know, it left the buyers to manage uh, negotiations, uh, laid orders, vendor performance, things like that, rather than just sitting there cutting POs all the time. That's great. That, I guess that that's uh, probably a little bit particular to the different industries that you've been in. Um, you know, EDI is not across all industries, of course, but uh how how would you um how do you think about you know for from the purchasing side those parameters that you talked about how do you think about developing those or what what would be kind of your advice with somebody that's you know reconsidering their scheduling process how do, how should they think about that yeah i would say that they have to have uh they have to be on top of their plan one of the things that i mean mrp erp is a high speed idiot right so if you're going to Run your run your MRP on Sunday night and Monday morning. You don't have the confidence in it. Uh, you need to get there first before you can leverage EDI. Um, it's just the, the communication is too quick, and before you know it, it's unmanageable. Um, you have to have good forecasting. Um, we don't currently at Resco. Uh, we don't use forecasting. We use some strategic. Strategic inventory at the at the raw materials because we don't forecast, so it's not necessarily a good, uh, good fit. There. So it's it's uh, the the speed doesn't doesn't fix broken process. You got to make sure you've got kind of your ducks in a row before you can uh, put the the rocket fuel of EDI, MRP, and ERP behind it. <laughs> the the process absolutely has to come first. Um, I wouldn't say that I never had to rerun yeah. the plan uh, back in the SR Telecom days. Certainly, that was a, was a case. But if you don't have don't have the process tight, then you're not going to reap mm. any of the benefits. Yeah, that's great. 
my uh, my teacher back uh, John Proud from the Oliver White Institute you just used to call it the high speed idiot <laughs> right great but uh, it all it can also paint you a new yeah wow that's great well great uh, well I appreciate you uh, breaking down some of these things for us here any other thoughts or anything uh, parting words you know for uh, listenership is primarily QAD users obviously in manufacturing any other uh, parting shots or words here that you'd want to put in there before we close out yeah just that ERP is all about communication. I know there are some, you know, as a business analyst, you know, world ever changing and dealing with people that don't want change. You just need to get across that the communication right. from the ERP system, you know, makes this everything move at a much quicker rate. Although it might add five minutes to your task, right? Downstream for executive management, uh, if manufacturing is trying to talk to purchasing. This all happens real time. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that their ERP system is an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, that yeah. It is is old the moment you save the file, right? You, you move anything you add to it. So with the ERP, I mean, you really want to leverage the real time communication that goes throughout the organization, the engineering, uh, the executive staff, purchasing, manufacturing. That's that's where I am with the ERP. Thanks again for tuning in today, everyone. To keep up with our series, make sure you go and subscribe to the QAD Customer Podcast. For those of you kind enough to also leave a review of our podcast, I will be sending out a series of $25 Amazon gift cards. So make sure you head over to whatever platform you consume podcasts and leave a review. Thank you all. Until next time.